they did not believe the report of the women and even fellow disciples who had seen Jesus after his resurrection. But when Jesus personally appeared to them a second time, even doubting Thomas believed. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins. Happy Easter Sunday, my dear friends. Wherever you are, let us celebrate the resurrection of our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ, whose death and resurrection gives us uh, his own promise and his own assurance that we too shall live again if we die in him. That is the basis. That is basically uh, our message this morning. Would you join me as we read from the book of John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. First, shall we pray. Blessed Savior, we give you honor, we give you glory, even as we celebrate the day on which you rose again from the grave and you were seen alive and you appeared to many people who are later to be your witnesses uh, to the ends of the earth. The reason why we also have received the message, the reason we are preaching it now, that others may hear the good news and believe uh, in, the, in their own uh, mortality if they are connected with you through the new birth. In your name. Be with us, Lord, as we proclaim this message that many people will hear and believe. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, our topic is how to live the resurrection life. And the reading is John chapter 20, the Gospel of John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not, if you, if you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples, when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, 
and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Well, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in him. Now today is Easter Sunday. It is the day on which we celebrate one of the most important days in history. In fact, I believe it is the most important day in all of human history. On this particular day, we celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ over death by his resurrection from the dead. Now, the question that we seek to consider this morning is this, in view of Christ's resurrection, what, 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 what are we supposed to, to do? How are we supposed to live? Or what does the resurrection mean for me? What does it mean to the people of the world? First, let me say that there are varied cultural attitudes to matters of life and death. In most cases, our attitude is influenced by myths, myths, superstition, and fear. Let me give you a true story. It was recorded in our, one of our newspapers many years ago. Um, somebody was walking along the road and um, he saw a pickup truck passing, you know, going in the same direction that was about to pass him. And he waved it down and asked for to be given a lift. And he was told to jump at the back of the, of the cabin, in, in the cabin, uh, uh, and, and he did. And in, the, in, in, in that, in that um, cabin, there was um, a new coffin. Um, it was being transported from, you know, a coffin maker to a family who had lost um, a dear one, but the coffin itself was empty at that particular time. So the man who got the lift is in there behind, you know, at the back of the truck of the pickup with a coffin. Then it, well, um, it just so happens that it, it had been drizzling 
and there was still a bit of drizzle. And what happened is that there was um, the, the, the driver's assistant had been, was riding at the back of the pickup. When it started raining, he took shelter inside the coffin. Now, when it stopped raining, he, he, he opened the lid and stuck out his hand to confirm whether the rain had stopped. And at, but so when this man who had been given a lift saw the coffin opening and a hand stretching out, he, he was terrified. He jumped out of the moving pickup and he landed heavily, you know, on the surface. And he was badly injured. Fortunately, he did not die. Or say by the grace of God, he did not die. He lived to tell the story. But you see, that just underlines, that just tells us how much we fear death. In fact, how we, we fear dead people. The Bible, on the other hand, my friends, treats death as a reality of life, along with other natural realities. In particular, the Bible reveals to us that all other things, you know, like all other things, death has a beginning and it also has an end to it. The beginning of death, as we know, is recorded in the book of Genesis and it was a consequence of God's curse upon humanity due to the sin of Adam and Eve. God said, by the sweat of your brows, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are and dust, and to dust you will return. Now our scripture uh, reading provides sufficient proof that death is not terminal, but a, but a transition to a new life. Now, after his resurrection, Jesus was able to pass through a door, a closed door, as we have seen. And he was able to do many other things that uh, um, one who, is an, uh, who has a natural body cannot do. Now, in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 10, says, The grace of God has been revealed through Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought immortality to light through the gospel. Immortality is a new life we have, we who believe in Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, death is said to be the last enemy to be destroyed. Furthermore, in the same chapter, we are told that we shall be fitted with new glorious bodies that are immune to death. That is at the coming of Christ. The dead shall be raised with you in new bodies and those who are alive in Christ shall be transformed and given new glorious bodies, heavenly bodies. Now, as we see, and, 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 uh, uh, and in, in the book of Revelation, 
we are we are shown the death i mean death itself being judged and thrown into the lake of fire along with the other of death satan himself this is in the book of revelation those who are in christ my friends will live forever and they will live with christ in his eternal home a life without end though i mean through christ my dear friends we have victory even over death now in our reading we see jesus after his resurrection appearing to his disciples several times but in our, i mean in our reading we saw him appearing once but well uh, previously he had appeared to them and he did appear to them several times uh, before he ascended back to heaven but on this occasion the disciples were hiding in fear uh, his appearance brought about tremendous transformation to their lives now last sunday the word of god challenged us to live crucified lives the resurrection of jesus christ is our guarantee that this kind of life is possible this resurrected life is possible we are to be we are to be dead to sin but alive to god in christ jesus now the resurrection of christ uh therefore uh, we could say in very simple terms and very few words signifies the following things one uh we see the eyes of his disciples being opened to the truth of his true identity they knew him as a miracle worker as a great teacher and so many other things but upon his resurrection their 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 doubts were dispelled and now they believed that he is indeed he is god so we see thomas in chapter 20 of john verse 23 saying my lord and my god after doubting that indeed he had appeared when he was absent thomas declares my lord and my god thomas declares jesus is not just lord is not only lord but he is god number 2 the resurrection of christ um proves that death is not terminal it is not the end the resurrection give the disciples assurance of their own future resurrection it also gives us assurance of our own future resurrection now because he lives we too shall live all of life my friends is about jesus life begins with jesus and life ends with him right true life begins with our spiritual birth in christ jesus until then we are considered to be physically alive but spiritually dead now the resurrection also gives us the power to live new and transformed lives every day of our lives as witnesses to the word of god and and um 
And you remember we, are, we, we were sent in the book of Acts, we were commissioned to go into the ends of the earth to proclaim this gospel of Jesus Christ, including his resurrection from the dead. Now, how do we know that our lives are transformed or, life, or our lives can be transformed uh, by believing in Jesus? So the question arising from what we have been saying is, wh what proof do we have that our lives have been changed since we believe in Jesus? First, we are changed from doubt to belief. In our reading, we have seen how, you know, the disciples were huddled together in a state of fear and confusion, doors firmly locked. Then we see Jesus appearing to them and, 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 and they being filled with joy upon seeing him. Earlier on, they, 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 they did not believe the report of the women and even fellow disciples who had seen Jesus after his resurrection. But when Jesus personally appeared to them a second time, even doubting Thomas believed and uttered the words that we have read. They made the, some of the words that are the most important words that anyone can utter. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Friends, the question is, who is Jesus to you? We say, a lot of times we say, Jesus is my savior. He is my friend. He is this and, um, and all these things. But do you actually believe that Jesus is God? Many Christians up to now do not believe that Jesus is God. People tend to, to, have, to, to maintain this fear, this superstition of thinking that if I thought, if I say Jesus is God, and yet there is only one God, then, then I, I, I mean I'm, I'm not being a good Christian. I'm not telling the truth. I'm getting confused. So what proof do we have of our transformation that now we have new lives, you know, and since we believe in Jesus, that we have become new people. First of all, uh, the, the first evidence is that we have believed. We have been changed from doubt to belief. In our reading, we, 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 we saw the disciples huddled together in a state of fear and confusion. Doors firmly locked, and then we see Jesus appearing to them and, and, and them being you know, filled with the joy and excitement you know, at his coming. Earlier on, they had not believed the report of the women uh, and even uh, the report of the, their fellow uh, disciples who had seen Jesus. But when Jesus appeared to them in that room, in that state of fear, 
um, even doubting Thomas, believed. And I had, I think, some of the most famous and most important words that any man has ever uttered. He said, my Lord and my God. This man, a Jew, who strongly believed that there's only one God, is now telling the whole world that Jesus is God. The God that they have believed in, the below God we believe in today, the creator of the heaven and earth, is represented here before us today in the person of Jesus Christ. Friends, Jesus is God. If we don't believe that, then you believe nothing. So let me ask you this question then. Do you believe, as Thomas, that Jesus is God? And then if not, who is Jesus to you? Now, we talk about salvation. I am saved. I am saved. No? What does salvation mean? Now, in the last verses of our scripture reading, John the author says that the whole purpose of recording the life and the ministry of Jesus is that people may believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing they may have life in his name. John presents Jesus as the Word of God, who is God and the author of all creation. The same reason, yet I mean it is the same reason that we preach this gospel and we shall continue to preach now until the end. Our message is there is no other name by which men may be saved apart from the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Friend, do you believe? Salvation also means we have been raised from the dead. We have been raised from death to a new life in Christ Jesus. That transformation has taken place in every area of our lives. That we have become new people and new creation. We are now citizens of heaven. And in Christ, we have eternal life. But salvation does not transform only individuals. It also transforms families, communities, and nations, the whole world. That's why Jesus says, go into the whole world and make disciples of every nation. That, is his, that was his command. The world, of course, means the world, the people of the world. So, so the world means, uh, it doesn't mean we just preach to the air, but to people. Um, and that is the work that Christ has given each one of us to do. So when I ask, do you believe? Well, if the answer is yes, what have you done about it? Salvation transforms also businesses, industries, 
economies, politics, governments, salvation, transforms even the environment. It transforms our education and even our cultures. It transforms our marriages and other relationships. Salvation transforms our entire, our entire worldview. Worldview is the way we look at life. I, I mean, the way we look at life and the entire universe. We, our total way of thinking is transformed if we believe in Jesus. So my dear friends, when you look at the world, you see that it is in a total mess and chaos. And the reason is that most of the men and women of influence, those powerful people who rule the world and run its affairs, do not know Jesus. Their worldview is based on secularism and humanism. In other words, man is in charge of everything and is capable of doing things by himself. We don't, he doesn't need any help from anyone, particularly he doesn't need any God. Many believe there is no God. Now that means they have no faith. They don't believe in any religion. So just look at the way the resources of the world have been distributed. Look at the way we also live. Those who have more keeps on getting more and I mean adding on top of what they only have, they already have, while others are left with nothing. And those who have nothing get less and less. Yet, my friends, there is hope. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is our only hope. The resurrection operating in the lives of his followers is, only, is our only hope. The hope of this nation and the hope of the entire world. Now here is our personal challenge. The Christian life, my friends, is about transformation and newness. Transformation and newness. Life in Christ is, a, is an abundant life. It's a life of abundance. We are not meant to merely exist but to live a life that has meaning and purpose. So, how has your life changed? I'm talking to you who are Christians already. How has your life changed since you became a Christian? How is your life impacting others right now? Is your life all that it should be? Are there issues and roadblocks in your spiritual road to fullness? If so, then take them to Jesus right now. He died for you and rose again that you might have life that God intended for you. He will open your eyes as he did for the disciples and give you a sense of significance and purpose and power to live victoriously. What about you, my friend, who does not know Jesus at all? Here is your opportunity, and who knows it could be your last opportunity, to open your heart to Jesus, to believe in him, that he is the son of God who was sent to save you and to save us all. Open your heart to him, invite him into your life as your savior and Lord right here now, and he will save you. That is our message. It will continue to be our message till Christ returns. Be blessed. Amen. Father, we thank you. 
We want to live the resurrection life. And you have taught us how. Help us, Father, to go to Jesus right now and receive this new life in Christ. We shall never regret it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins, he covers under his righteousness.